Hey, what's going on, my friends? Welcome to another episode of the Awaken Life Podcast. You know me, my name is Victor, and I'm here with my beautiful wife, Patty. Hello. <laughs> and today we're going to share with you some of our ideas about how you can love yourself. We're feeling a bit lovey today. No, just kidding. And, all, and, and, and very serious. It's actually more of a serious episode. Um, I used to do a lot of coaching. You remember that, love, right? Yeah. I would have at times up to 50 clients at one time, and I would talk to just yeah, a lot of people. For the month, yeah. But it'd be like back-to-back -back yeah, calls. like. Yeah, well, yeah. I talked to a lot, of, a lot of you folks, a lot of people like you who are going through a spiritual awakening process, and there was a, a, a very impossible-to-miss commonality among all of my clients and myself and Patty mm -hmm. and most people I've ever met included. And that's this. We are always so hard on ourselves. We hold ourselves to just impossible standards. And, and no one taught us how to love ourselves. Most of our parents, you know, a lot of some of our parents loved us as best they could. And for that, we should be grateful. But no one really showed us how to love ourselves. We were thrown into this, into this world, taught all the different systems that we need to master, and sort of that's it. That's, that's that. Um, so anyways, I would say like the spiritual awakening, in short, brings you into a greater degree of self-love. And then the more you love yourself, the more your relationships reflect that, the more your careers, the more your entire life reflects that. Yeah, and the more the more you love yourself, the more love you can give to others in a more yeah. deep way. Yeah, in a very real, powerful way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So anyway, we'll go. This is obviously uh, a complex sort of, it's simple, but it's also a complex thing. There's a gazillion different methodologies and ways to go about it. So we're going to share some of the things that have really helped us. Number one comes from Patty, actually. It's something you you, uh, you either taught or you were going to teach at one of your retreats. You... No, I, I did do this at the women's retreat. I, yeah. I probably will do this again at the next women's retreat, but maybe not now that we're doing it on the podcast. Well, it's okay. It, reframing your imperfections, uh -huh. right? Why don't you mm -hmm. tell us about that? This one's yours. So, um, basically, what I had my ladies do was um, write down five things. Yeah, I picked five. Um, five things that uh, they thought were imperfections or, or flaws within themselves. Themself. Okay. Yes, within themselves. Um, whether it be they are, um, they can be selfish or procrastinators or whatever, just five different things that they thought that they had that there were flaws. Okay. Then I had them look at those five things and think of a way that they serve them. So for instance, um, I tend to be a procrastinator. And so for me, procrastinating tends to make me not overwhelmed with things sometimes, <laughs> but that's, it's just a different way to view it. So, um, so if you take the five things or whatever they are, and then you reframe them and see how they serve you Interesting. and look at them in a positive way instead of in a negative way. Now, do you and, suggest people don't work on their flaws or is just, just so maybe so they don't beat themselves up over them? Um, it depends on what they are like procrastinating for me. Um, I do need to work on that. That is something that, um, 
when I procrastinate too much, then I do become overwhelmed with things. But for the most part, I'm not overwhelmed with right. many things at one time. And the, and the funny thing. So, it, yeah, it is, it, it is something that you can work on. But looking at it in a positive way can help reframe the way that you look at yourself. Yeah, and sometimes it can even allow you to do the work. Because sometimes if we're so hard on ourselves about a particular thing, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm-hmm. You know, we beat ourselves up over procrastinating. Then we tend to procrastinate as an example. Right, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I like that. I also like uh, just uh, another another thing that stuck stuck with me a long time ago. I heard from uh, it, it's it's in the same vein from this, this guy I would always watch named Elliot Hulse on YouTube. He's the guy who inspired me to get on YouTube. I loved his his energy and passion. Um, but he he has a video titled "When You Can't Fix It, Feature It," and it was about somebody calling in. Um, and I think this person wanted to be on, uh, be a YouTuber or something. And I, I forgot his, his thing. It was like, he was either like, like too overweight or he had kind of like a, a his nose was bent or it was something like that. Mm-hmm. And, and Elliot said, when you can't fix it, feature it. Um, and it's kind of like, it reminds me of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger, I read his whole autobiography, which is just f- inspiring and fascinating, by the way. I know not every it's like a political thing nowadays, but. Anyways, his story was powerful. And one of the things that he ran into when he wanted to become a Hollywood actor, he had a lot of trouble because he had this accent and this sort of gap between his teeth. And, uh, and, and a lot of people told him, dude, you, you got to like fix your accent. It's, 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 uh, no one's going to want to hire you for that. Mm-hmm. And now how many of us <laughs> in our mind have heard, I'll be back. He learned that. I'm the Terminator. <laughs> yeah, he eventually decided that, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm done trying to be someone I'm not. I'm going to just, I'm going to, I'm going to, if anything, embellish and, and amplify this accent. And sure enough, people came to, you know, he's known all over the world. Yeah. Um, and another, another quick inspiring story is this one, I was at the Tony Robbins event and there's this one person there who had no limbs, literally no arms, no legs. And uh, it, it's that someone who had every excuse in the book to say life sucks, life's unfair, mm-hmm. screw this. But he had this beautiful like, girl with him. He had like, a, a, like a, a, an attractive like a partner or a wife or a girlfriend. And he was happy. He found a way. He lives in like Australia or something. And he, he literally found a way to surf. And he surfs every day. And he teaches wow. surfing. It, it was crazy. I was like, un- I was just blown wow. away. So it's like a lot of it, it's just our mindset of our flaws. And when we can <clears> ease <throat> up on ourselves and punishing ourselves, then it's like that gives way to the option of the gratitude and seeing the, the light at the end of the tunnel or seeing the silver line and seeing like the, the, the benefits mm-hmm. of these issues we, we say we have. So yeah, that's very powerful. A lot of uh, self-love is just a state of mind and the way we've been taught to label ourselves. Yeah. One thing I always, um, I always go back to when I was on my rose diet. Um, one day I just got out of my car and we have some, we have roses all over like our backyard and our front yard. And um, I got out of my car and some red roses in our front yard had just really been um, bloomed. And I went over and I smelled, I grabbed the rose and I smelled it, but I touched the thorn and I was like, ooh. And, and she kind of came in and said, yeah, I have thorns. So what do you mean by that? Not like, everyone knows like what her, she came in and said. So when I'm in my um You communicate diet, with the yes, plants Yes, I communicate sometimes. with the plants, okay. yeah. So... Um, I was, uh, communicating with her and she said to me basically that 
she wears her thorns with pride and that's part of her flaws, but she loves them because it's part of her Mm. and she embraces it. And she doesn't care if you cut yourself on her thorns and you're bleeding because it's just part of her and it's who she is. And so it helped me sort of um, be able to embrace my flaws and say, you know what? Even though I have quote unquote imperfections, they're perfect for me and make me who I am. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Good stuff. I like that one. I like how that one went. Um, so changing gears a little bit. Number two, I wrote down, be gentle with your wounds. Mm-hmm. And there's, I've, I've heard a couple different sources that, that sort of say this very well. One of them was at Rhythmia recently when we remember, uh, Brad, the shaman mm-hmm. on day, on night two, he always yeah. does this too. I've seen him three times now or multiple times. He talks about, he talks about like, like being really like being really gentle with yourself basically he said like treating your pain treating your wounds treating your fears all your problems your imperfections if you will like you would a little child yeah now if there's like a little a little child that came up to you and maybe he walked funny or he like he he, he like like our son luke he what do you call he, what he does how he like he run the way he runs no he like the way he's his speech is where he's like uh oh he has a uh like a uh, he says he has a speech impediment. So like he says his R's kind of like W's. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So would we, would we ever, of course, we would never like Luke, gosh, man, you should really, that's annoying or blah, blah, blah. You know, we would never in a million years, no one would, right. no, 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 no person with a little teeny conscience would ever be mean to a child for right. any reason. And right. the more messed up they were, the nicer they'd probably be to that child. Right. right. And yet look how we talk to ourselves. Right. Look at like we find like the things that aren't even that no one even notices and we berate our we destroy we like literally just beat ourselves down for them. It's, right. it's 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 uh it's super, super sad. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Um Heather Ash always says like um talk sweet to yourself. Like say say when you're like talking to yourself, instead of saying like, Oh God, that was so stupid, say hey sweetheart. Maybe maybe we could have done that a different way, but it's okay. Let's let's just move forward, you know. Yeah. And and like she always says, like she talks to herself like sweetheart and honey, and like she says like pet names to herself because it's it's gentle and it shows. With, it changes the yeah. tone of how you're feeling. It makes a massive difference. Yeah. It's like uh, Tony Robbins in one of his books has this whole like list of transformative vocabulary, mm-hmm. and he kind of invites you to. to he says, like, most people, the way they describe themselves and other people, they, they have a very limited amount of words. And a lot of times they're, they're very precise in what they represent and yet maybe not the smartest way to label a thing or a person. Mm-hmm. He says, why don't you replace them with these other words? Like, like awesome, fantastic. How are you feeling today, Tony? I'm, I'm feeling exuberant. You know, yeah. stuff like that. But if you just do kind of play around with it for fun a little bit, it makes a big difference in how you feel. It really does. Yeah, I've talked about that too. Like instead of saying something is hard, say it's challenging, you know, because yeah. reality is we're not always in an amazing mood. But, but you can reframe that and say, instead of being like, oh man, today's a terrible day. You can say, well, I've had better days. Yeah. Like I've been doing, cause I, I have like a, I I get fatigued sometimes. So one of the things I've been doing, instead of saying I'm exhausted or I'm tired or I'm burnt out, I've been in my mind saying I'm recovering. Mm -hmm. I'm in recovery, you know? Yeah. So I'm, I'm like resting. Yeah. Um, and real quick, if you guys resonated with this sort of approach, I I can't recommend this enough. It's a, I don't know if you read it, love. It's a, by a, 
by an author named Thich Nhat Hanh. He's like one of the few like genuinely enlightened people on uh-huh. the planet. And it's his book. And the name of the book is Fear. Um, and there's some other like subheading or something that explains it better. But anyway, the number one thing I got from that book, which is one of my favorite books of all time, honestly, it's had a big impact on me, is exactly what we're saying. He has a really great way of compelling you and helping you see the logic and why it's just so ideal and best to be gentle with your pain is what he says. Mm -hmm. Be gentle with your pain. When you're feeling afraid, when you're feeling frustrated, when you're feeling flustered, it's like, it's like almost just, it's okay. You just like, almost like pep yourself up instead of, instead of get, you know, impatient with yourself. Yeah. You can like coach yourself. Yeah. Nurture yourself. Like, hey, it's okay, Vic, bro. You don't gotta just, you don't gotta spin out of control. Just chill. It's it's, it's all good. Yeah. It's going to be fine. I like how (sighs) you said it earlier. Um, Talk to yourself as you would like your child. You know, like yeah. if your child is crying, you'd like pat them on the back and like hold them. Like, you know, it's okay. Say, oh, it's okay, sweetheart. I know I feel, I feel sad right now, but, um, I'm just going to go in into this sadness and just feel it. And then when it, it'll pass when it's ready, right? you know? And where do you think that pain comes from? It's not your adult conscious self. It's, it is from the, the wounds of the inner child mm-hmm. crying for healing, crying for attention, mm-hmm. crying for release. So, number three, I wrote down, doubt yourself. Oh, Vic, that's poor advice, bro. (laughs) No, I mean, like, doubt your inner critic. And I'll I'll give an example. Um, So, we launched your retreat for the women's one, I don't know, what, four or five days ago? Yeah, we launched it Saturday. It was on Saturday, and today is Wednesday, so Saturday. And I, I sent, like, a nice promotion email out, and I expected a good result, and in the evening time, we were hanging out. It was me, you, and Aaron, my, our buddy Aaron Dowdy. Mm-hmm. We are chilling, doing some rapé and some mambé and hanging out. <laughs> um, and I got this like fear that came over me. And it was like, oh, you launched the retreat. And I, I couldn't help myself but check to see like how many applications we got. And I, I was thinking like... It was like this. Uh, it was like a wound. It's like a wound of mine. Like this insecurity and, and doubt, basically. Uh-huh. And it was like I, I knew I shouldn't even check, but I did. And I expected at least 10, 20 applications, mm-hmm. and there was only two. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh. it was like it, it, like it, it. Remember, I came upstairs, and I was just sitting there, and you guys were like, "What's wrong, Vic?" I know, and you had yeah. to like pep talk me and explain this happens every time with your retreats, man. You always yeah. get paranoid that no one's gonna sign up. And it's so funny because it's like my my retreat, and then you felt all like flustered, and I said, "Honey." It, the people that are supposed to be there will be there. Right, but the, know? The, I don't know. That's not, yeah. that's not really the point. The, the point is, is uh, there's a whole bunch of people at the door. You can go like just tell them to go away. There's three women at the door. I don't know oh what they're gosh. doing, but okay. <laughs> I'm going to continue back. this on. I'm going to continue my story. It pretty much involves me anyway, my friends. Okay, so anyway, so anyway, they kind of like my Patty and Aaron kind of pep talked me and helped me feel better. But I was lying awake at night sort of contemplating that feeling that feel that first feeling that feeling that i need to check that i need to know that that what if people don't come this this like this incredible like unworthiness feeling that that is not at all a match for like the man i become we, you know as a as a as a couple me and patty have become very much worthy of, of having people come because we help them so much at these retreats. So anyway, I was like analyzing this in my mind, questioning my fear, questioning my doubts, as I said. And as I was doing that, something popped in my mind and it was it was a, a memory I had from when I was a little kid. I was like nine years old. 
And a lot of you who have heard my story know that when I was nine years old, I was I was randomly uh, watching a fireworks neighborhood fireworks show, and I was struck by a very big and powerful firecracker. And I spent weeks in the hospital, went through multiple surgeries. I still have scars on my body. That's not the point of it. It was a very serious thing. But there's a there's a time where maybe about two weeks, maybe two weeks or so after I was finally released from the hospital and I was still messed up. In fact, I was in bed for so long, for like three weeks straight, that my stomach, like my skin tightened so I couldn't even stand up straight. So I was all hunched over. I had these bandages on. I was like, really looked like a mess. And I did not want to be seen. I was embarrassed about like how I look. And my parents, they could see like this, he needs to get out of the house. I was like sulking basically. And they said, you know what, Vic? We're going to get you some ice cream. I forgot what they bribed me with, but you got to ride your bike around the block one time. And I remember, I remember like riding this little bike. I I fought it and I was like, screw the ice cream. I'm not doing it. And they finally made me do it. And I was like riding this little bike, hoping to God I didn't see anybody that knew me. And sure enough, at the end of the street, all of my friends, like 15 of these neighborhood kids were gathered and they were like, they haven't seen me in like a month. They're like, Victor, Victor, oh my God. And I just turned around and I raced home. And it was that, that feeling I felt I felt like I didn't want to be seen, like I was damaged. It was just really these, these sort of like deep, dark feelings that I don't want to get into too much. But you can imagine the scenario. Anyway, so that experience created a belief that I am flawed, that I am not worthy of selling out a retreat or, or anything that I want to do in life. Mm-hmm. Any of the successes I strive for, it's like, well, fundamentally, as an, at nine years old, I decided I was not worthy. Now, to applying the advice of number one, if I was to, as an adult, talk to my nine-year-old little self who was saying, Daddy, Daddy, I'm not worthy. I'd say, well, bro, that's okay. You are worthy. This doesn't define you. You know, I would, I would, I would treat this little version of myself with, with kindness and respect and pep him up and coach him and let him know that you are worthy, little buddy. You're a badass. And this is going to make you strong and a good healer and et cetera. Um, so anyway, all of this healing came about just lying awake at like 11 at night a few nights ago, um, going through this. Because I questioned those doubts. I said, this is bullshit. How many, how many retreats do you have to book out pretty much instantly before you stop having this intense feeling of unworthiness? And sure enough, we're almost booked up. Like The next day, we had like 40 applications almost. Yeah. So it, it was kind of funny how it worked out. Um, but anyway, you can when, if you feel something you don't like, you can always doubt it. You can always question it and say, why is this here? Mm-hmm. Does this feeling actually reflect the circumstance? Does this make logical sense to me? Where did I first learn to feel this way? And these are very powerful, penetrating questions you can ask yourself in a time of uh, quiet contemplation. So that's my spiel for number three. You got anything to add? We can move on. We have three other ones, so. Uh, no, I think, I think it's good. Do you ever do that to yourself? Yeah. Good. Yeah, all the time. Um, okay, well, I, I guess I'll, I'll you share. You don't have to share a whole story explaining. I'm just, well, it'll one, be, it'll be quick. Yeah, I can, I can share a quick story. Okay. Um, one of the um, things that I have talked about on the podcast is um, that I, I, I sing. And um, I used to sing all the time. And I got to a point where I, I stopped singing and then... Um, I started to feel really nervous about singing again, especially like in front of people and um, uh, like during ceremony and stuff. And um, during an ayahuasca ceremony, the medicine ha- showed me a memory where 
I first uh, had the revelation of not wanting to be better than my sister, um, even though our voices are very different. But she, and she's a phenomenal singer. She sings like opera, and it's like she's just got an amazing voice. But um, I didn't want to ever be in like competition with her because of this particular thing that happened, um, where I created the belief that I don't want to be get more attention than her. I guess is is not not so much be better than her, but get more attention than her. And, um, and so I kind of dissect that, I dissected that after, um, after ceremony and worked with that and asked myself why, and, you know, what can I do to, um, overcome this? And then of course I hear Victor say, the only way to overcome your fear is by doing it. Right. Yes. So, so that's my little little ad. Yeah. I mean, there, I, that's just one particular thing that came into my head. Like, yeah, they got you the know, point with yeah. either one story on its own. Um, let's just keep reiterating let's it. Let's tell six more stories. No, um, the, I think what you said at the end, I want to just briefly emphasize before we move on. And I think the most powerful way to quote unquote doubt your fears, doubt your your doubts or doubt your you know insecurities is to act. It's, it's not act from them. Yeah. It's like I felt so much doubt when I started my YouTube channel, but I made videos anyways. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'd have to like shoot five in a row that sucked before I got to one that actually, where I felt like I, I found my flow. Right. Um, but it was like, it's like I refused to let that fear. And at the time, I didn't even understand where it came from. I just said, this is bullshit. I, I'm doing this fucking video no matter what. And I'm not going to let these these insecurities stop me because I have this passion and it's real. So a lot of times just standing up to your fear in a way, not in a, an aggressive, I'm going to beat you up kind of way, but yeah. just, just decide you choosing who you are and, mm-hmm. and then acting accordingly mm-hmm. and, and not letting yourself be defined by the wounds of your past. Okay, um, moving on. Number four is commit to self-improvement. This is a huge one. And this is something that we all, I believe, it's a work in progress. Yeah. And it was... a. Uh, what a good example of this is something I just watched like last night. Actually, I was watching this uh, interview with this this UFC fighter named Conor McGregor. Most of you probably heard of him. He's the most famous fighter if in you, the world. Yeah, if you watch that, you definitely not even, heard him. most people know who this guy is now. He's huge, um, and he's a really interesting sort of anomaly of a person and a fighter. Um, and in this interview, he was people. This guy was asking him. He said, "Conor, you seem a lot more mellow, a lot more mature, and most." most obviously a lot happier what what is your secret and connor said that you know what said before in these training camps he would go through he said there was a lot of things i knew i should be doing that i wasn't doing and a lot of things i knew i shouldn't be doing that i was doing and he said when you live out of alignment with your own values your own your own uh i think he the way he put it like inner instruction manual or something Mm -hmm. your inner source of guidance when you act out of accordance with that that creates uh, like a dissonance. It, it, it make it breeds unhappiness, breeds a lack of self love. Mm-hmm. So when you when you want to do, when you decide something's best for you, like I need to start meditating, I need to go for this new job, I need to go and whatever. It's like even if it's emotionally challenging, which oftentimes it is. Yeah. It's like it's important for our own happiness to be congruent with who we say we want to be. Yeah. Right. But what I've learned is it's it's a work in progress. There's mi- a million things, if I really thought about it, that I know I shouldn't be doing that I do and vice versa. So it's not about 
not about living, it's not about raising those expectations, uh, you know, exceptionally high again, but it is about committing to self-improvement, mm-hmm. not self-mastery in a day, self-improvement, right? Yeah. Yeah. So just because, I mean, for me, I, I feel like I could have like a laundry list of like things that I want to work on, but I, you know, it's like you just pick one and go from there and start yeah. with it, start with just one. Yeah. Like, like I can look at like, especially now that we have this new moon coming up, there's so many things that are coming to light that I like need to release, need to work on. Mm-hmm. But I, I try to, at least I'm going to take the opportunity now, but to like look back at the things I have worked on. Like a couple of years ago, a big theme of mine was detaching from work and being more present with the children. Mm-hmm. And I had like an ayahuasca ceremony that showed me just how I was not doing that, how I was being kind of an unconscious parent. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I'm much, much better now. Yeah. I've, I've really taken that very serious and important thing in my life and I worked on it and it wasn't easy. It was up and down. But now, a couple years later, I'm much, much better as an example. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't perfect. There's still other things I had to maybe neglect temporarily as I focus on the thing that seemed the most important at the time to me. Um, but it's like all, both of us, for the last, since I got clean off of heroin at age yeah. 19 or 18, yeah. I've been committed to self-improvement. Yeah, and, and it leads to, to more self-love, to more happiness, to more success, to more abundance, to better and more of everything we want in life. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people, I think they're, they're waiting for the big healing, the big epiphany, the big mystical experience with God or Jesus or whatever it is, um, before they start trying harder. And I think it's about just trying your best now and committing like everyone right now, there's probably something that they could, that'll pop in their head. When I say, what's something that you could be doing in your life starting today that would make you happier? What have, what have you been putting off? There's something mm-hmm. and you start that. And even if you're not perfect, just the feeling of a, attempting to go in that direction will make you feel a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, a couple more here. Number five, I wrote down, stay out of your head. This is something uh-huh. is, uh, Tony Robbins always says. He, how does he put it? He says, if you stay in your head, you're dead. He says oh, very geez. bluntly with that like hoarse uh, voice. You stay in your head, you're dead. <laughs> he but he's like right he's, you know well i was at his recent event there's i think like four or five maybe six thousand people Jeez. and most people were having a phenomenal time abundant with break life-changing breakthroughs and then he says at the last the last night he said whoever hasn't had a breakthrough raise your hand and there's like 12 people of course not many but some mm-hmm. he says uh, he's like i imagine how frustrated you must be sitting here through all the dancing and clapping and high fives and processes mm-hmm. and staying out to three in the morning in this 40 degree room um and you haven't had a single breakthrough and he was like the number one reason people don't have a breakthrough is because they stay in their fucking head is the way he put it yeah <laughs> he swears a lot and it, it's true yeah. it's true because there's no there's no peace there's it's like and this is something I'm horrible at. I'm always in my head as mm-hmm. I say this advice. Um, but I, I really try to remind myself to like get out of my head and into my body mm-hmm. and into my heart, into my emotions and ground myself. And from there, I'm connected again. When we're in our head too much, we're just disconnected from our spirit, from our essence, from our soul, from our source of happiness. We're, we're literally, the happiness is not going to come from a stream of thought, right. thoughts. It's, uh, it's, it's, like, it's, it's a visceral, physical experience. 
So I, my advice is do whatever you got to do to stay out of your head. Like for me, I, I'm about to go do a flotation therapy thing in about an hour. I meditate. I work out. That works for me. What, what works for you? What gets you in your in your body? Also, music for me is yeah. uh, very helpful. Yeah, music, singing, dancing, like all those things are helpful for me. Yoga really helps too. Yeah. Um, sometimes, like if I'm somewhere and I'm just in my head about something ridiculous, I'll just sit and I'll breathe and I'll just try to like focus on my heart and not, and just think about my heart and not even think about the thoughts coming in my head, sort of like meditating, you know? Yeah. And just, um, just kind of be because, um, your mind creates all these things, you know, that aren't true and scenarios and what ifs and, you know, shoulda, coulda, wouldas and all these things that don't serve us. And when we're trying to process any sort of emotion, those things are just blocking the process. Yeah. You know? It's like they're like big time detours. Yeah. So it's a lot. I think that's one of the things that I do really well is when I'm processing, I try not to use my mind to, to dissect it. I just kind of allow the emotions to sort of come to the surface. And then when I, when I get the, um, the like nudge to kind of go sit with it and then, then I know, okay, something's going to come up right now. Yes. Yeah. In fact, that's excellent advice. That's like, here, here's for any of you who hear the word shadow work or processing and don't really know quite what that means, or you really want to know how to accelerate your spiritual awakening is anytime emotions like this come up and you have time to step away. And oftentimes I would say make time if you can, mm -hmm. um, whenever you have like intense feelings coming up or something within you feels unresolved, just go and lay in bed. And like Patty said, don't try to figure it out. Literally just go into your body. And then this, when you go into your body, the reason most people go into their head is because their body doesn't feel good. Because there's, a, mm -hmm. there's like these heavy emotions coming up. Right. So we go in our head to try to figure it out and also detach from it. But it's like, that's like avoidance. It's like, go into the feeling, go into your body and whatever feelings are arising or sort of go, you know, you know, moving about within your being, send them loving acceptance. Mm -hmm. I accept you're here. And I love you. And I'm going to give you this freedom to express yourself. And sometimes when you do this, you'll feel energy movement. You'll feel emotions lifting out of your body. Literally, mm -hmm. I'll feel like it's like a physical experience for me a lot of times mm -hmm. where I, my heart chakra kind of opens. Yeah. Um, sometimes, sometimes there's, there's an accompanied insight. Unnecessary mm -hmm. and not always the case. It's more about letting, it's like giving your emotions room to breathe. Yeah, and like sometimes you might feel like laughing, you might feel like crying, you might not feel like doing any of those things, but allow for those things to come in if they feel like they need to, you know, and, and release them because yep. you, you you don't want that stuck residual energy. If you don't release the tears or the laughter or the yelling, sometimes, you know, you got to scream. If you don't release that, then you're not fully releasing the physical aspect of the... I, I don't want to say trauma, but the the emotion that's coming in. Yeah, I would say that though none of those necessary and don't right, they're force not yourself necessary. to cry. No, but no. if it especially for like you men out if there who feel, feel like a baby if you're crying, if you if tears come up, let them flow. Right, feel, that's like that's a blessing. That's like an act of grace when mm -hmm. you got to cry or yell or throw up or whatever it is. That's yeah. like 
that's a, a quick release. Yeah, but it's not necessary to be able to work on yourself because some, a lot of times I don't have anything that comes out. I'll just sit there. Just and, sit there. And, Me too. In silence, you know. And sometimes I'll sit there <clears throat> and like it doesn't feel like anything's being resolved. Mm-hmm. But I, but I'll still feel better when I leave the room. Yeah, and that's good. That's okay too because yeah. sometimes what's coming in is heavily layered, and it's just one aspect of the layer being removed. So yeah. Okay, you got to go in just a second. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to leave. We're going to quickly uh, go through this last one. We normally have five things, but this popped in my head when I was doing my breath work prior to this podcast. And it's just, it's this, it's very simple. It's from the the book, The Four Agreements by the do, author is what? Don Miguel? Don, Don Miguel Ruiz. Ruiz, yeah. Really badass book. Yeah. Um, very, it's a classic. I'd recommend it if you haven't read it. Um, he says, one of the four agreements is always do your best. Yeah. It sounds so simple. We all, it's like, okay, move on, Vic. What, where's like the, the, the deep the insider secret. No, there is none. It's just always do your best. Mm-hmm. And I'll give a quick example before we go. Um, you can share something, of course, if okay. you want love. I, I don't remember what day it was, but it was like a month or two ago. And it was like one of my worst days I've had in a long time where just nothing was going my way. I was like putting in such a valiant effort into everything I was doing and just nothing was happening. And I remember like putting all this energy in, into like the, the day. I forgot exactly what happened. And like, I didn't really produce anything. It was very unproductive, even though I was trying my absolute best. Um, And I remember like being in bed that night, feeling so good about myself, so proud of myself. And I I could look back and say, you know what? That was one of the most, the best days you ever had. That was one of the most successful days you ever had. Because in life isn't always going to just lift you up and carry you where you want to go. A lot of times it's the opposite. And it's what we do with those days. And even though I didn't get anywhere, it was more like, it was more of a a mindset that I I, I, uh, maintained that left me feeling very, very proud of myself. And you know, you can probably guess what happened the next day. I fucking killed it. I, I did so much. Everything clicked. Everything came together. It was like one, it was so amazing. But it was like, even that was not as satisfying as how I felt that evening, the night prior, when I just did my best. You don't have to get the result. You don't have to have anything working for you. You don't have to get anywhere. It's just, you try your best and you'll feel great about yourself. Yeah. And <clears throat> I tell the kids that just do your best. You can only do your best. You can't do better than your best. And someone's best might be better than other people. And some days your best might not be as good as the day before, but that's okay. Just every day you just do your best and, and, uh, know that that's your best for the day. Yeah. It's silly to expect anything beyond that. Obviously. Right. You can't do better than your best. Literally. Right. You know, but I would say a lot of times there's a lot of things that come up like fear of failure, this or that, you know, that cause people not to really try their hardest. Yeah. Like just always do your best. Like uh, you go to the grocery store, be present, you know, walk with purpose. Look the clerk in the eye when you give them your credit mm-hmm. card. Like really little things. It's like a, it's a mindset of doing your best. It's not about always succeeding mm-hmm. or accomplishing things. It's more about like an attitude. Mm-hmm. And you can cultivate that with practice and you can practice it. Right now, as we leave this podcast, you can go into your day and, and go about your day like a shaman or like a Zen master. Like, how would they act? How could I? How could I bring as you know my my fullest self to each and every moment? And then be patient with yourself because that's not going to freaking happen. You're in many moments. You're not. You're going to be ditching out. You're not going to be there. And you're not going to be, you know, performing at your optimal capacity. Right. And that's okay. But you too. just try your best yeah. whenever you think of it, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, anyways. 
Yeah, we, we love you all so much. And, we, and yes. our goal for you is to love you. You love yourself as much as we love you and appreciate yeah. you. Because everyone on the planet is amazing. We all are unique. We all are beautiful. And perfect. And it's a shame that there needs to be a topic like this. because, And we need to hear all this advice as well. We're mm-hmm. with you. Um, but together, we can help each other love ourselves. And through that, we can really make a big difference in the world. It yeah. starts with us mm-hmm. and how we treat ourselves. Yes. All right. Thank you, my friends. God bless you all. Patty's got to run. I got to bounce. Peace. Bye.